0: Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Thanks for checking out the Pint Glass Football Podcast, where we like to drink beer, watch football, and talk all things NFL and college football. Be sure to subscribe and follow on Instagram and Twitter, at PGF Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, and on today's episode, I'll be joined by a special guest, Aaron Wilson, who covers the Texans for the Houston Chronicle. You can read his work at HoustonChronicle.com and follow him on Twitter, at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Chad is unfortunately unable to join you for this episode, but I'm excited to talk Houston Texans football with Aaron Wilson today. So I wanted to start out by asking about Randall Cobb, David Johnson, and Brandon Cooks were all key offseason additions, but all of them seem to be past their prime and they all have some injury history. What do you make of these acquisitions for the Texans and what kind of impact do you expect from this group?
1: Right, Brad. Well, I expect people to do a little better than they've done in the past, especially David Johnson. I think a change of senior will help him. And we're gonna find out. You know, can he break tackles the way he used to? I still think he's a good receiving option as a back. He's you know, pretty elite at that. But you know, a lot of people in Arizona question, and rightfully so. Where's the power? Where's the tackle breaking? Does he still have the same hunger for the game? I know that he has a big chip on his shoulder. He's eager to prove himself and show what he can do, and you know that's something that you know is you know really in question with him. And, and you asked about Randall Cobb. I think they paid a little bit too much for a slot receiver that's you know been fairly ordinary, uh, nine million per year. And you know you look at you know some of the other acquisitions, you know, Brandon Cooks. Very explosive guy, but he has some concussions. Hasn't missed a lot of games with those concussions, but they were serious enough that he had to go to Pittsburgh to see a specialist. And, yeah, so I have some questions about him and, oh, how good is he going to be? Obviously, the controversial trade, DeAndre Hopkins. So there's a lot there. And their idea, their plan, and they do have a plan, is that instead of relying on one guy – he was very unhappy with his contract and they admitted that he'd outplayed the deal but they weren't willing to commit that much money. Their Studies showed them that committing that much money to a number one receiver uh, generally you know, look at some teams like Atlanta that hasn't worked out very well in recent years so they want to have layers and layers of targets. That's the way they put it. Bill O'Brien, the coach and general manager that has acquired all that power and is using it the way he sees fit. What I would expect is Deshaun Watson spreading the football around, and that's the emphasis they want. It could make them an unpredictable offense if everyone is healthy and productive. But healthy and productive are two words that don't often get associated with Will Fuller, who's coming off double groin surgery and is extremely talented but gets hurt quite a bit, and Brandon Cooks, who you know, has had some concussion issues. He passed their physicals. Checked out okay. We'll see. Can he stay that way?
0: Yeah, you know, you brought up Deshaun Watson. This is a guy who's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So a little bit of a multi-part question. You know, what parts of his game has he been working on? How much better can he become? And will he be in the MVP discussion this season?
1: Yeah, good question. I think that, Brad, when you look at Deshaun, one thing he's worked a lot on is continuing to be able to set up in the pocket, throw with accuracy, work on his fundamentals. And, you know, I think he may run a little bit less. I think that's something that he wants to do. He's been more careful with his body, picking his spots more with each year and his knowledge of the offense and of the defense as their scheme to contain him. I think he's made better decisions and he knows that's something that he has to continue to do. So look for that from him. And then how much better can he be? I think he'd be a lot better. You know, he could throw less interceptions. He could not lock on to his primary read. He could be careful about throwing off his back foot. Every quarterback has to keep getting better. And Deshaun is no exception. Can he be the MVP? He has that potential. Sure. Do I foresee that for him? No. I mean, he'd have to put up huge numbers. And... There's some other guys, including Lamar Jackson, that'll have something to say about that. So there's other quarterbacks and there's other position players, you know, guys like Christian McCaffrey, and there's, you know, just a ton of other players. So I don't know if he's going to be an MVP candidate or not. When is it going to be time for him to get a long-term deal? What about forty million per year? Well, I don't know if he's going to get that. I know that's what he wants, forty to forty-two million. I think the failure of Dak Prescott to get signed today the deadline for the franchise tag players to get new deals, that didn't help because he didn't get his contract. I think the Texans and the Watson camp are watching closely to see what would happen with Dak at the last minute, you know, it didn't happen. And they tried at the end to revive their dormant talks and it didn't work out. But yeah, eventually I think he gets a deal. I've heard predictions that it could happen before the first game. I've also heard people say, you know what, maybe we'll hold off because the pandemic and the uh, how it's affected revenue and will affect revenue and you know no fans in the stands for all likelihood and so the salary cap all the uncertainty with that I honestly think that yeah that that could lead him to possibly playing this year out playing under his current terms and then they work it out next year but it's not going to look anything like Patrick Mahomes that structure is unique it won't be matched.
0: Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And I'll be curious to see uh, what ends up happening there for sure. But shifting to the other side of the ball, the defense has really underperformed the last two seasons. You know, despite having some high profile players, can new defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver make an immediate impact? And what type of defensive system will he be running in Houston?
1: He's going to run the 3 4. And yes, I do. I've covered Anthony a long time. He's a smart guy. I think he's a guy that players will play very hard for. I think he can make an impact. I think that if he has a healthy J.J. Watt, J.J. was leading the NFL in quarterback pressures before he tore his pec last year. That's not generally the type of injury that happens twice. It's kind of a you know freak accident. And so, yeah, barring some other type of different injury. But if you look at the year before, you know he played the whole year and he had a great season. He was an all-pro, first team, 2018. So, yeah, I don't think at 31, like, he's done or anything like that. I think he still has high potential and be a really productive football player for them. And I think that that will only help Anthony Weaver. I have some questions about this secondary. I don't know if they're good enough. They cut Tayshaun Gibson. They replaced him with Eric Murray. So there's some question of whether they've even gotten any better at all at safety. Uh, Having Justin Reed healthy after having labrum surgery this offseason. He heads into the season completely healthy, and that helps them a lot, I think, because he's a really good player. But Bradley Roby's their only real proven corner, somewhat weak position on this team. They need Lonnie Johnson to play better in his second year in the NFL. He was prone to a lot of penalties last year and you know, didn't make a lot of plays on the ball. I think mean, Gary and Conley is serviceable, but nothing to get super excited about as a starter opposite Roby. So, yeah, the corner needs to get better. they got to play better. And the pass rush can't just be J.J. They've lost D.J. Reader, and he's signed with the Bengals. They've got guys like Jacob Martin and Jonathan Gernard and Whitney Merciless. Got to get a lot more out of Merciless. Merciless got a big contract, $54 million, but he completely faded in the second half of the year when he became the focal point of blocking schemes when J.J. was hurt.
0: So speaking of the defense, the Texans address the defensive side of the ball, taking defensive players with three of their first four picks in this year's NFL Draft. What are your thoughts on Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle from TCU, and Jonathan Grenard, the defensive end from Florida? And is there any later round guys that they took that you think can make an immediate impact for this defense?
1: I like Grenard. Grenard's a heavy-handed pass rusher, good technique. I was around him recently at a workout here in Houston. He's a very conscientious guy, works a lot on his pass rush moves. He's got a good repertoire. I think he can get to the quarterback. Ross Blacklock is disruptive inside. He's strong. I think that he's a very mature young player. I expect him to do really well. Bernard isn't the fastest guy in the world, but has a quick first step. And so we're going to see if he's athletic enough. Uh, That's one question I have. I know he's a quick guy. I know he's strong, but is he a good enough athlete? At every stage, though, he's answered that question. He's been good and he's been productive. And when you get 10 sacks in the SEC and you had a high ankle sprain for about three of those games, you were 100%. That says a lot to me. So, yeah, I, I think that you know, he's a good football player.
0: Yeah, so Ian Rappaport of NFL Network predicted that Antonio Brown is going to sign with an NFL team in 2020. You know, he had said that several teams have interest, including the Texans. What are your sources saying?
1: The Texans have a mild degree of interest in Antonio. I would say that Antonio has more interest in the Texans than they have in him. They have enough wide receivers. They don't really need Antonio, and I, I just don't think that him and Bill O'Brien would mesh very well. But the no reason you haven't seen me report anything is there's really nothing happening. And I think I would say this too it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. National media will throw something out there and they don't really have a lot to back it up, and it's not going anywhere. They make a big deal. What they're looking for, they want attention. I just want to be right and write about things that I think are relevant. He's not coming here. I would be very shocked if they signed him. I think Seattle is really interested. I know they talk to him quite often. They've had a pretty steady level of interest. I like think The Seahawks are one of his biggest potential landing spots. Uh, but... It's so complicated. Uh, A friend of mine represents Antonio, and there's so much to work through with all of his legal problems, and the NFL is pretty opposed to reinstating him. I I think it's going to be really tough to get it done.
0: Yeah, that's that's great insight, and uh, I definitely appreciate you touching on that for sure. Uh, Another story that's really been in the news recently is the NFL unveiled an Oakley face mask, or a face shield, I should say, in order to enhance COVID-19 safety. J.J. Watt has said he might sit out this season if the NFL mandates face shields. What are your thoughts on this, and have you spoken with J.J. about this? A couple things.
1: He's not sitting out. He, If anyone had watched the YouTube video from PFT, which they, of course, didn't put in, that he was smiling and laughing. You could tell in the video that he's not sitting out. and I've been told independently he's not sitting out. And he just doesn't like the idea. And a lot of players, uh, if you see quotes, Justin Reed or Jacob Martin in stories I've done, they don't want to wear them. And so players are pretty opposed to it. But if they're told they have to do it, including JJ, are they going to play? Of course they're playing. There's so much money at stake. They won't like it. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the biggest overblown stories lately. That was annoying. I couldn't believe people took that seriously. Typical pro football talk nonsense. Just like I went to the O-Line Mastermind Summit last weekend in Dallas, and I got, got a lot of attention. I don't know if you saw, I posted the video of the lineman having the hot wing eating contest. Well, you know what? I put this in my stories, my articles, and then in my tweets. Do you think Pro Football Talk mentioned that the players were COVID tested and the media at that event were COVID tested? We had a doctor in a hazmat suit that tested us and did temperature checks. Every time you left the room, they did a temperature and that you had to sign a waiver that you were healthy. It's going to be the same thing when you report to play football for these guys. They're going to stand near each other. Nobody distances. It just doesn't happen. It's just not realistic to think that everybody's going to stand apart, everybody's going to wear their mask all the time. It's not not what they're going to do. Unless you have coaches around yelling at them the whole time, telling them to do it. But in an environment like this where they're there on their own free will, I would say they did the best they could. But if everybody there is negative, I got tested too and I was negative for antibodies and the virus. How are you giving it to each other if you don't have it? And that's a big thing. If you have an environment where people don't have the virus, there's a good chance you're not going to get the virus. If there's sick people and you're around them, yeah, you got a good chance of being sick. In this case, you know, I didn't feel unsafe, but I wore my mask. I wore a mask. That's what they asked for you to do. So I wore it the whole time. I didn't feel unsafe. That's for other people, if they want to politicize it or they want to make this a big deal or if they want to just create clicks or hysteria. But yeah, I, I, did. I thought that that should have been pointed out about the testing.
0: Well, I definitely love the inside information and it's definitely, uh, you know, awesome to speak with somebody like yourself who's definitely got the pulse of this team. And I would be doing a disservice if I didn't ask you this question. The Texans traded star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. I know you touched on it briefly earlier to the Cardinals this offseason, you know, basically for running back David Johnson and a second round pick. You know, most of the sports media, this podcast included, has really blasted Bill O'Brien for the move. You know, what is your take on this trade and how was it received by Houston fans?
1: They hated it. They loved Hopkins, and they thought, you know, we can't get it done without him. And I look at it a little differently. I think the relationship, and ultimately, you know, he's the boss. And I don't think the relationship, I know the relationship with Hopkins wasn't that good. That was a factor. He was saying he wanted to hold out. They had some issues, those two guys. And he never would practice. They really bothered Bill O'Brien. And, you know, he was always having some kind of, Injury. I'm not saying you know he was a tough guy. He was always a gamer. He would show up, but I just don't think those guys were a great mix. You know they had a good run together, and then Bill felt like it was time to move on. Uh, Personally, I don't really have an opinion as far as you know good move, bad move. We got to see how it plays out, and if Johnson's a dud, yeah, it's a terrible trade. Without Johnson playing well, it's going to be bad. But a lot hinges on on how he plays and. You know, I'm sure Hopkins will do very well with Kyler Murray and put up big numbers. I'd like to see what the combined stats of the Texans receivers going to be like compared to the Cardinals compared to d-hop but yeah personally uh, i don't I don't care these's gone It's fine yeah I'll tell you a little about where I come from. I don't care if, if they win or lose there's literally I keep score it's you know I'm passionate about my stories as far as like you know, I'm not a fan. And I just look at it like, you know, this is business. Didn't work out. It's over now. See how it goes. We'll, we'll, We'll see.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we certainly will see for sure. And, you know, with the departure of DeAndre Hopkins, I know you talked about some of the new additions they have, some new wide receivers. But how important is it going to be for Will Fuller to be able to stay healthy and produce at a high level with DeAndre Hopkins being gone this year?
1: It's huge. they have got to get a healthy season out of Will. Uh, Will's come off double groin surgery, and he's never been able to be healthy, and you know, play the whole season. So yeah, history says he won't be able to be healthy. And you know, I have some serious questions about, you know, what Will's going to be like in terms of durability. Again, it's uh, – it uh, remains to be seen what he's going to be like.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a guy who has flashed a lot of talent when he's out on the field, but you know the health concerns are definitely valid. But looking at the Texans, you know this is a team who's won four division titles in five years under Coach Bill O'Brien, but they have had limited success in the playoffs. Will they be able to take the next step this season? And if not, is Bill O'Brien going to be on the hot seat?
1: I think they'll do similar to what they did last year terms of divisional round and no he won't be on the hot seat. I don't think there'll be a lot of coaches that people are moving on from during the COVID pandemic. No. They're gonna stick with what they know. Nobody's gonna I don't I think there'll be a, like a lot there won't be very many vacancies this year. And he won't be one of them. The owner's on board with everything they did, Kyle McNair. He trusts him, Bill and Jack Easterby to run the team the way they do. And he's on board with it. They keep him in the loop yeah they're not in a hot seat. I would say they got a lot of job security.
0: Well yeah, that's that's definitely interesting because uh, you know you would almost think you would be, but uh, this is why we get insiders like you on the show today and I really can't thank you enough for your time today, Aaron. It's gonna do it for today's episode. you know, special thanks to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle for joining me. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Chad will be back next week and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.